Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. Now, if it was shocking to see Jesus put his hand on a leper, how much more shocking is it to see the disease go away, to see fingers and toes grow and eyes get clear? Can you hear the crowd going, (gasps) can you feel the joy that is bursting in this man's soul? Truth point number three tells us that true works of God depend on his power alone. Gimmickry, smoke and mirrors are not required. When God moves, people receive full restoration. When God moves, people receive full restoration. You know, on this day, an authentic miracle was witnessed by probably hundreds of people, and there was no two bits about it. This was real. It happened. They saw it with their own two eyes. This man experienced it. So after the man receives his healing, I want you to take note that Jesus exhorts him Tell no one. Well, now, wait a minute. (laughs) There's a bunch of people who have already seen it. I mean, it's not like they were out in the woods by themselves. But he tells the man, tell no one, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to go immediately to the priest, and I want you to make all of the offerings that the law calls for, the law of Moses calls for. And I studied that, and I wished I had the time to share with you all of that because it's got some beautiful pictures, and maybe some other time when we come to another leper, I'll do that. But let me just say this, that the law of Moses specified a multi-week ritual of cleansing and celebration And it was spelled out in detail of what the person was supposed to do. If a verifiable leper received a verifiable healing, then they were to go through this this multi-week extravaganza. And that's why Jesus is sending him to the priest to begin that process. But there's something else here in the text that is quite fascinating And I also think rather odd. Notice that he doesn't just say, go to the priest and show yourself so that you can begin the process. But he says, show yourself so that it will be a proof to them. A proof to them? A proof of what? To whom? That leads us to truth point number four. The proof that Jesus is talking about here is all about Messiahship. And the them is all about the religious leaders of Israel. Take note of this. Jesus performed this miracle so that it would be proof to the priest that the Messianic age had arrived. Hey, listen. I know Jesus loves. I know Jesus is compassion. I know he has a soft heart. But I want to tell you, he didn't perform this miracle just because he felt sorry for some poor leper. Because there were lepers everywhere. But he performed this particular miracle with a motive in mind. He wanted there to be unrefutable proof that the Messiah was now on the scene. You see, Scripture tells us that restoring sight to the blind and making the lame walk 
and cleansing lepers and restoring hearing to the deaf and and raising the dead to life were all signs that would accompany the coming of the Messiah. Luke chapter 7 verse 22, when John the Baptist is about to be executed and he's wondering, did I make a mistake putting my hand on this Jesus and proclaiming him to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world? And he sent some of his disciples to find out. And Jesus sent him back saying what? Tell John these things are happening. Why? Because John knew if those things are happening, Jesus is the real deal. So listen, when Jesus instructed the man to tell no one, and I know many of you, you read that passage, you're thinking to yourself, why would he do that? You've asked me that. Why would he do that? Well, here's why he did it. He wasn't restricting the man from sharing his good news with other people. No, he simply wanted the first report of this miracle to hit the ears and the eyes of the priests. That's all. He just wanted them to hear it first and see it first. Why? Because he wanted to awaken a slumbering religion that was all but dead. To awaken them that your Messiah, your long-awaited Savior is here. He wanted to awaken them that the kingdom of God was breaking into space and time. Well, that's the primary thing when he instructed the man, don't, don't tell anybody, go straight to the priest. That's what he was wanting. There may have been a secondary reason. The secondary reason may have been that Jesus knew that if this story spread too quickly, the crowds would come crowding him even more and his desire to go to other cities and share this good news and show the signs of the kingdom would be hampered. Mark, who also writes about this account, records something that led me to that thought. Mark records that this man did not obey Jesus. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't go straight to the priest. He didn't go straight uh, to the synagogue or the temple or the tabernacle or whatever it was. He didn't go there. No, no, no. No, he went running, telling everybody who would listen what had happened to him. He was excited. Man, I mean, he had a new lease on life. He had new hands and new feet and new eyes. And he could, I mean, he could live now. He could go back to his family. He could enjoy the life God had given him. And he wasn't about to not tell people. And so he did. And Mark tells us that because he did that, Jesus could no longer enter the city. Because he was just mobbed. Instead, he, he stayed out in desolate places. Now, Luke tells us he did that to pray, and yes, he did that, but he also stayed out there because there really wasn't much of a choice. But guess what? That didn't deter the crowds. Hey, when you have a verifiable miracle worker, you don't let anything keep you from getting there. And that's the way the people were they were pressing Jesus all the more the leper's story this is where the personal application comes in the leper's story is much like our own each of us was born with a physical condition called sin sin makes us unclean before God Even more than making us unclean, listen to this, 
it positions us in a place of condemnation. Whereas lepers had to go around with their hand over their lip declaring unclean, there are voices you cannot hear when you are still in your sins that reach up into the heavens and those voices say about you, condemned, 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 condemned. Let's make no bones about it here. Condemnation is where we are in our natural state. When we are outside of Christ Jesus, we are cut off from God. We are powerless to change that condition. And we are living a life that leads to only one destination, physical and spiritual death. Which explains why the Father sent Jesus. Take note of truth point number five. Through the cross, Jesus reaches out to touch the untouchable, to cleanse the uncleansable, and to restore the unrestorable. Simply put, when a sinner falls at the feet of Jesus in repentance and faith, Jesus says to them, be cleansed, be clean, be saved, be redeemed. Covered by the blood of Jesus' sacrifice, God sees us in a brand new way. Those voices that were coming up out of our life saying condemned, now say, son, daughter, loved one, redeemed one, kingdom citizen. When you're in Jesus, his perfection becomes yours. His righteousness becomes yours. His holiness becomes yours. Not because of anything you've done, not because of anything I've done, but because of what Christ Jesus has done. So I want to transition here. And I'll do that by saying that just a few minutes ago, we all witnessed two young men giving public testimony of their faith in Christ through the waters of baptism. Baptism is a symbol. It symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through baptism, believers identify with Jesus' work on their behalf. Now, with these people positioned, we are about to celebrate communion. Uh, The Lord made the symbolism of communion very clear. The broken bread represents the broken body of the Lord Jesus. The, The cup represents his blood that was poured out as an offering for sin. And each time that we receive the bread and the cup of communion, we proclaim the realities of Jesus' death and resurrection until he returns to receive us to himself. Therefore, communion is for believers only. But even believers are challenged to examine themselves before they receive the bread and the cup, to to ask the Spirit of God, is there some sin, is there some transgression, some failure that's between me and and God? And and if, if he shows us that, then we are to repent. We are to lay it at the foot of the cross. We are to acknowledge it. And Scripture tells us that when we do, we are returned to full fellowship. All believers whether you're a member of the mission church or not, every, every born-again believer is invited to join in this most 
holy remembrance. But if you're here today and you have questions about the gospel, you have questions about what it means to follow Jesus because you've not yet come to that place of faith and repentance, then I encourage you when the tray goes by, just let it go by you. And let me assure you that if you do, you have nothing to be embarrassed about. You have nothing to be ashamed about. Ain't a person in this place going to judge you because every single one of us have been there in our past. But as it's going by, as it's going by, I want you to remember what you've heard today about the love of Jesus and what he has done for you. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What, What is it? that is standing between me and Jesus? Why haven't I repented yet? Why haven't I trusted yet? Why haven't I cast my lot with him? What is it that stands between me and Jesus? You see, that man that had leprosy, his leprosy and the laws and the social stigmas, they stood between him and Jesus. But you know what? There came a point at which he was driven to fall at the feet of Jesus and he did not let the crowd keep him away. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, Whoever will call on the name of the Lord, that is upon Jesus, will be saved. So I say to you, let nothing stand between you and Jesus. Let nothing stand between you and Jesus. Open your heart to him today and receive it. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.